it, it's never a mistake to bring up the basics. And the basics is, and I'm not about to give a kind of grim lesson here, but um, someone mentioned recently that they were um, bewildered about what exactly we're doing here, which is really a wonderful, wonderful place to be. It's just right that, that something feels right about coming, but nothing is clear that you might feel drawn somehow to sit and be still, but still not really comprehend. Um, because what we're really here to do together, and we'll, we can share more later, is to sit with our experience, to practice sitting with our experience with a particular attitude. And that attitude is one of relaxation with what is. And also interest. So you can check in right now. Can you really be relaxed with your state as it presents itself today? And a little bit interested a little bit interested in what's happening or what might happen. So it's a balance between relaxation and the interest. And, um, and a friend contacted me who felt, you know, I send out these little dispatches and if you'd like to be on my mailing list, please let me know. And, I can sign you up, and felt or fretted that I was like making a really sharp contrast between um, therapy and this practice. And I just want to emphasize that I have an extraordinary amount of respect for, for therapy and how much it can illuminate. But in my way, I was trying to, probably in a crude way, make a distinction between a type of exploration that might begin with the head, which is beautiful, and an attitude that begins with return to the body and to sensation. And I've heard people use the word bodyfulness, which I find not just awkward, but really not quite accurate for what we do. Because what we're doing is inviting ourselves to remember sensation, to remember feeling, to remember that we're more than our thinking so that we can open to an attention inside that sees, that, that includes the whole of ourselves. So I wanted to not, you know, not just keep repeating the practice, I wanted to read a 
quote from Dogen, who is a very great Zen sage. And he lived in medieval Japan, but he's one of those evergreen figures like Rumi. And the quote is, there's a principle on the way that we must make mistake after mistake after mistake. That if we're on this path, our life becomes one big continuous mistake. Yippee, right? <laughs> so what the hell does this mean? And I just wanted to share, I, I wrote in my little dispatch about an unfortunate relative of mine who literally got stuck, suspended in a well. <laughs> but I've already told that story, so we won't revisit it, except to consider that that poor woman probably had a moment when she was hanging there in the well, thinking that her marriage was one big mistake. Right? Am I right? Probably. <laughs> and we've all had these moments. And this is exactly what this practice speaks to. That moment when you realize that you've had this illusion of control, this sense that you were chugging along, doing everything in the right order, and passing as a sane and organized human being, only to be blindsided and to end up suspended in a well or broken down by the side of the road or in some other pickle. Have you ever had that sense that suddenly all illusions were stripped away and it became quite obvious to you that you had no control. You didn't see it coming. Now we're all together on Zoom because out of the blue, we share a pandemic. We didn't see it coming. So the practice in this humble, I mean, at the beginning when I said relaxation coupled with interest, the practice is that at the very moment when you feel fear and trembling, I'm speaking from experience, one can have moments in the midst of that, that experience of realizing you don't have control over what's happening. It could be a divorce, it could be a lost job, it could be a diagnosis. You can feel an upwelling of the most extraordinary fear and reactivity. In that moment, with the gift of practice, with practice, we can bring an attitude of curiosity and interest to just that state. Look at this, I'm terrified. And I'm not saying that one becomes magically relaxed and at ease, but there's that little bit of relaxation and ease, just enough to observe 
what's underneath a fear of being alone alone here and helpless and that is the moment when we begin to realize that what we do when we open to this broader attention that doesn't judge is that we open to an accompaniment of feeling of being with someone, a watcher who is trustworthy and sees with love. And slowly we begin to discover that that seeing is in us. And it also feels as though it surrounds us. We're practicing opening to an attention and a sensation and a feeling that in Buddhism they would call Bodhi mind. Under the mind that's freaking out, that's so afraid, that's so cut off that's frantically trying to control. There is a deeper mind, a Bodhi mind, a heart mind. And when we awaken, we awaken downward, not up and out, but down. We sink down into our suffering, our deepest fear or loneliness or sense of separation, or poignancy, you could experience it in your own way. Sense of not belonging, not being welcomed or loved, you experience it in your own way. I'm not putting words on your experience, but to invite you to see at moments that that tenderest part of yourself that fear that we all strive so hard to fix or to outrun, that very feeling of vulnerability can be met with an attention that sees with love, with acceptance. The other day I quoted Rilke, which is every day practically that I'm here, of the let everything happen to you, joy and terror, no feeling is final. And it goes on to say, nearby is the country we call life. It's a beautiful way to invite us to see that when we dare to touch in with that part of ourselves that suffers, that suffers no matter what we do, that it is met by life, by that attention that belongs, that belongs.
then is that nothing you can do can separate you from it. Nothing you can do is unseeable and unlovable and unacceptable. So let's sit, let's sit together. We take a comfortable seat. And noticing that this is the most important instruction. To notice how it feels to be welcomed by your own attention. To let your eyes close. And just check in with how it feels. And notice that there can be a mix of feelings. And you don't have to name them. Just allow them. Let them be. And notice that this attention is naturally drawn to sensation. However that appears today, it can be the whole body or just the feet or the back, the shoulders or the hips. Allowing yourself to be physically present. Without thinking about it, without naming. And allow any feelings or thoughts to arise just as they do, knowing that they're completely natural. It's the nature of the mind to think. And of the heart to feel or not. Of sensation to come and go, letting everything happen to you just exactly as it is. And notice that you can come back anytime you start daydreaming. Just come back, back to sensation, back to an attention that sees and receives.
notice that bringing the attention to the body begins to relax you. Just a bit, tensions can still be present. But one can have the sense of opening and softening. And notice that we begin to feel presence. Inside and surrounding us. An attention that includes body and heart and mind. Noticing that the stillness that appears isn't an absence. But an opening. And if you get lost, just come back to the sensation of the feet on the floor and the intention to allow, to let everything happen, relaxed and interested. Just a bit.
Noticing how it feels to sit with presence. To sense and feel the life inside you and outside. Notice that there's a light of attention, a flicker of interest here that leads you home to sensation, to presence. See that no matter what you're thinking or feeling, you can come back and be welcomed in the present moment. Surrounded by an attention that sees without judging.
allowing yourself to relax into this presence. Just as you are. Noticing how alive you are inside. Responding to life, even as you're still. Notice that you know what to do when you're lost. Come home, back to sensation. Back to the breath.
presence. Noticing how it feels to be completely accepting and accepted just like this. Noticing that there's a vibrancy inside you, energies, resonance. Thank you. 
that you're part of life. When you get lost or fall asleep, come back again to sensation and the little bit of interest, what's happening. Notice that the stillness of presence grounds you. 
opens you. Notice how it feels to be completely acceptable. Present and dreaming, thinking and clear, sensing and not completely accepted, welcomed. Thank you for your practice, for your presence. And if you have any observations or questions, we'd be happy to hear them. Yeah. I have a question, uh, Tracy, and of course anybody you know, who has thoughts on it can chime in, but, um, and I think it relates a little bit to what you, you were talking about in the sort of, you know, therapy and bodyfulness and mindfulness. Um, can you talk a little about when you know when it feels right to take action or take, or just on taking actions? Cause you know, so much of my healing is, or, or my, my journey is about 
consciously refraining from actions other than noticing. But then also the other side of it is taking skillful actions. I'm just wondering if you can talk a little about if anything, if you have anything to say about that, sort of what taking actions looks like in this practice. You're talking about actions in your outer life or in practice? Well, you know, um, I'm thinking in, in one's outer life, you know, uh, but it could also be in one's practice or even, you know, mental actions. But I was thinking in one's outer life. Okay. Well, um, going back to that marvelous um, quote from Dogen, where he said, it's a principle on the way to make one mistake after another. In the truest sense, this is a practice for seeing, for witnessing. So seeing doesn't just mean looking, but also really feeling. So that this idea that inevitably we're going to make mistakes is an invitation to see that we're here, to see how it feels to be here, if that makes sense. It might sound like I'm talking in a circle. But the ultimate goal of this practice, it's like that wonderful Pablo Neruda poem on keeping still, that if we weren't so intent on moving and keeping our lives moving, we might be still enough to avoid the sorrow of never understanding ourselves, never knowing how it feels to be here. So the real goal, I'm not avoiding your question, which is because of course we want to live good, true lives, skillful lives. But the real goal, I used the example of those moments when you feel, you might feel tremendous fear or that moment when you feel like, oh my God, I've totally blown it. And and I have made the biggest mistake or one of those moments. We understand that the practice is to take a moment like that and not to have that be shattering, but to have it call us what's, to see what's happening, what's happening now. What am I afraid of? Am I afraid of dying? Am I afraid of being alone? Because ultimately, our freedom is a freedom through suffering. That there's an inner door in suffering. That we do something with the best intentions or we say something with the best intentions, or we write something with the best intentions. And we love somebody with the best intentions. And it all goes in a way we didn't expect. Anyway. And then the imitation and the promise of the practice is that this is calling me 
to draw closer to myself, to let go of whatever dream or facade and to draw closer to how it feels to be here. This is how it feels to be here. And then we begin to see that this is when the Buddha talked about noble friends. When his beloved Ananda said, noble friends are, I think, half of the holy life. And the Buddha said, no, Ananda, they're the whole of the holy life. That we begin to see that there's a way of life for us that doesn't depend on doing things right, on never screwing up, on, on never being forever youthful, never sick, running, running marathons and, you know, keeping it all up. But that instead we could drop into a life that is shared, that has to do with being with the truth. Did that make sense at all? So, in you know, the short answer is do the best you can. <laughs> do the best you can and aim to see with love and acceptance. Yeah. Hi, thanks so much, Tracy, for these uh, meetings. I feel like I really appreciate you and everybody here. And everything you say is just, it's almost like the story of my life. And I hope you've all had a good Thanksgiving and I miss the pumpkin pie and I used to live in London and I have pumpkin pie. And the reason I'm in Scotland is because, you know, I was in a situation that collapsed a few years ago. And um, so I totally, yeah, you know, it's situations where it felt like, you know, somebody crushed a crystal vase and I had to pick up the pieces. But yeah, but what helped me was um, a practice that I, I do follow and it's similar, you know, has resonances with what you, you know, speak about every week. And even the simplicity of just coming back to the body and sensing and even feeling my breath, the breath as it enters my lungs and in a very simple way. And it was, it was a slow process, but um, at the end of the day, I, f I came away feeling that actually there, there were bigger things than this, this big collapse. And also, it, I gained a bigger empathy, empathy for anybody, you know, who might be going through any kind of difficulties. And just wishing that even people on the street, when I was meditating, I was wishing that anybody in the street <laughs> was not having such a hard time. So I think, you know, it, yeah, a lot, a lot happened in the last few years, really, I, I feel. And, um, and it also changed my priorities. What, what is priority? What is authentic? What is real? Who are my real people in my life? And yeah, it makes you appreciate things. Um, yeah, anyway, it was just those simple exercises that I did that 
helped. So that was quite a few years ago. Yeah. So that's why I'm here. And um, always, you know, the, the, the beauty of always being able to search and learn and know is a great thing. And when you say also, when, you're, when, when people don't feel safe, then they aren't safe to be around. They aren't safe for others. And I really feel I understand that somehow, for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm just so grateful for goodness, goodness and um, vibrancy and vitality and yeah, people's wish to, to that, that the, the, the survival instinct. I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful for that. I don't know, I'm talking too much. And I still miss the pumpkin pie, which you cannot yeah. get in Scotland. Yeah. So no. if anybody's thinking of moving to Scotland, you won't get it no. here. No. <laughs> and I just so you know, so you won't feel left out, there is a big pumpkin shortage in London this year too oh. in Oxford, I know. Oh. My daughter was trying to make a pie. A pumpkin pie couldn't happen. Had to make a pecan oh. pie. But um, to... I'm glad you brought up what you did because we begin to see how radical this practice is because it seeks to show us in Buddhism, they talk about three roots, our unwholesome roots, which would be aversion, fear of aversion, or, um, or grasping clinging, wishing, or delusion. And when things happen to us, and I guarantee, Dawn, I guarantee everybody in this space has had something fall apart. I'm not asking for a show of hands, but I have gotten a hearty show of hands, and a hell yes. And that our instinct is to cover ourselves we so don't want this to be happening. We so don't want our hearts to be breaking, our hopes and dreams to be broken. And the first instinct is aversion or clinging or to just outrun it. And we're invited here to see those roots, to see that happening. This is aversion. This is fear. This is clinging. And it's so radical. It can be with anything. Like some of our friends, too, who have spoken to me and given permission to say this are not here tonight, have had trauma. So they don't feel safe. So um, they just don't. So I invite them to never feel safe here. It sounds funny, but to just to be as you are, to be as you are. And we begin to see and even taste a moment. You can have this little flicker of joy because you're at ease just for a moment. And begin to see that compassion doesn't come from looking down. Oh, you poor thing. You had something fall apart. But from the depth of your knowing that experience. And that it's not something to be run, that we have to run from. 
we can go down together into our common humanity. So let's um, dedicate our practice and we put two hands in our heart space, our Bodhi mind. And we dedicate our practice to all beings, including ourselves. In every state of suffering or peace or ease. And we offer the wish, may you be well in that deep sense, deep in your life. May you be at ease no matter what's happening. May you know that you're accompanied by wisdom and compassion. And may all beings without exception be free, be fully, fully free. Thank you. Thank you so much for your beautiful practice, for your presence, and all, all of you who give in so many ways. Thank you, and take good care of yourselves and each other. Do the best you can.